nice feeling. Good. All right, we're going to do a new song. Who loves new songs? Yeah. And it's an incredible song. It's talking about it's talking about being found in you, being found in God. So I encourage you guys, even though it's new, just let loose. Find yourself in Him tonight.
wonder if just for a moment if we can just lift our hands because the band is playing and just picture God just taking everything picture him taking everything and just
You know, the crazy thing is, we're singing, Jesus, we love you. Yet the fact of the matter is, we can only love because he first loved us. That's the truth. The only reason, the only way that we can say, Jesus, we love you, we pour out our affections, we bring it as an offering before you, is because he first loved us. And we can only speak out our love and our praise and our worship of him because he's seen us and he loved us. I feel God tonight wants to help us to grasp this. You might be here and for a long time you might be, oh, I come to church and I have to give. Yeah, we do. But we need to grasp this fact that God loves us so much and from that place we give Him glory, we give Him praise, we worship Him all the more because we know that He first loved us. So tonight, I don't know where you are in relation to God, that's between you and Him. But I just get the sense that some people need to take those words and realise that God actually is the one who first loved us. It's not about singing, Jesus, we love you. We can say that, it doesn't. God wants us to sing it from here because we know that He first loved us. So I want the band, I want you to continue on, not for long, but church, I want us to grasp this thing. God first loved us. And from that place, we can give Him adoration, our praise, our worship, our love. It is only from that place. And it's found here in our heart. So why don't we just open our arms and say, God, thank you for the love that you showed, that you poured out upon us, this ridiculous grace. And you loved us so much that you might send your son for us, for me. God, as we realize how much you love us, not that we could ever comprehend, but show us, reveal to us your love, God, so that we may praise you all the more, that we may lift you up, God. Come on, let's continue singing. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we
church, I want us to sing out with just the guitar. I want us to sing from here. So Ty, why don't you lead us, but come on. This is what we're doing. I believe that there's something that's going to shift for people in this room as, as we grasp this, the love of God. He first loved us. So I want us to sing. Not sing, but sing from here. Come on, let something from your soul begin to come forth. change. Jesus, I love you. You're the one I adore. I want to make this personal. Let's begin to sing from here. It's not about, it is about us here together, but it's about Jesus. I love you. You're the one that I adore. It's not about your friend. It's not about your family, but it's about you and God. So I want us to begin to sing out, Jesus, I love you. You're the one that I adore. Speak our love for Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, 
God, that we can stand in your presence, immerse ourselves in your love. Lord, that we can sing for ourselves, we love you, I love you. Jesus, I adore you because you first showed your love to us. God, I pray that that's the place that we would stand. And the understanding and the foundation that is your love that enables us to praise, to worship, to lift your name high, to sing out our love to you. Thank you, God. something good there's something good about speaking out and praising and, and loving on Jesus there's something good about it is that just me or do you feel something shift within you there's something powerful when we realize that God is the one who first loved us and we begin to speak out our love come on, come on let's give a massive hand to Jesus yeah. Thank you. Cool. Hey, why don't you grab a seat? So give give someone a high five on your way back. Give two people a high five. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Pastor Trevor up. He's going to share with us tonight. And um, I, I'm really expectant. So like, Trevor's got a, a great word to share with us, and it's going to be challenging. It's going to be thought-provoking. And I really believe he's, uh, what he's going to share through Holy Spirit is going to really provoke us, I hope, but lay some solid foundation. So Trevor, let's give him a hand as he comes. Hi everybody, nice to see you on a holiday weekend, awesome, there's something special about the presence of God isn't there, something very special, this is a big year really special if I turn it the right way too and I think it's going, oh, that's good, good look at that, wonderful, there we go, warning, warning. You have been warned. Question is, who is controlling you? That's my question tonight. And I'm deliberately setting you up to uh, try and um, provoke your thinking and understanding about the real issues of the heart, the real issues of God. Let me present you with the first statement is, you are being controlled tonight. Already. It's already in place. Question is, by whom or what? 
Got you thinking already? So my objective tonight is, should you choose to stick with it, with me, <clears throat> first of all, I, I want to invite you into and prepare you for the most exciting journey of your life. Secondly, I want to help you understand that you are made up of three parts, and I'm not talking about the head and the trunk and the legs. Modern psychology would tend to say that you are made up of two parts. You think what they are? Body and soul, body and mind, brain. The Bible is very clear that we're made up of three parts. I also want to show you how one part is very special as the control centre of your life. One part has a special part of you, is a very special part of you. And I also want to prepare you to be a Holy Spirit fired ball of supernatural energy. That's, the, that's where we want to go. Well, a life where God, through his Holy Spirit, can use you to a degree that you will never be able to achieve on your own. He can bring you to a place of achieving miraculous, supernatural results that you may not think in your mind that you are capable of or you're wired up for, that God may have a different idea. In fact, he does. And I want to tell you that if you want to be used in spiritual gifts, and I know there are many here who would love to be more instrumental or powerful in spiritual gifts, and I'm talking about the supernatural gifts of 1 Corinthians 12, the supernatural arena, prophecy, healing, deliverance, words of knowledge, and so, and so on, the nine of them. You've got to understand the fitness journey that is ahead of you. There is a whole spiritual fitness that, needs, that goes hand in hand with being powerful in exercising of the, things of the spirit. Believe it or not, you have a spiritual controller over your life right now. <clears throat> it's one of two spiritual powers. You might think that the spiritual realm has hundreds or thousands, and many religions would, will tell you that there are many, many gods, but actually it comes down to only two. There are those who are under the kingdom of God and those who are opposed to the kingdom of God. The Bible says that we have God and we have the fallen angels with the chief being Satan. And they come in a whole variety of ways and I think they keep on inventing new ways and new, new models and new names to try and grasp people's control or grasp control of people, should I say. You may say, well, I've got, you know, I've got no idea what you're talking about and all this nonsense. I'm very much in control of my life. Thank you very much. I'm doing very well. Well, I'm trying to help you tonight to understand that actually there is another dimension, even whether you realise it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, there is this other dimension of you and in the spiritual being 
that is having an influence on you right tonight. You see, we were were all born into sin, every one of us. That's what the Bible tells us, because of the fall of mankind, we are born into sin. And so, sadly, until we are out of that grasp of Satan, he has the right, he has the authority to keep having a crack at us and trying to gain control of us. And it's only when we come into a place of salvation where that sin that we were born into is broken off us do we come into a place where suddenly God and Jesus gains the ability to actually have the priority in our lives and have the first spiritual power and authority to operate in our lives. Satan, he takes control. Wherever there is an opportunity, he's an opportunist, and he takes control, binds people up by his control. God doesn't take control. Well, he does in a way, but he does it at our invitation. He loves us, woos us, calls us, to a point where we say, yes, God, I cannot do without you in my life. And that's why Jesus Christ came. He died to break the power of sin, and he rose again on the third day just to prove that this is for real today for us. And he gained the supreme spiritual authority that was due to the death and resurrection of Jesus, to make it possible for us to enter into the safety, security, and dynamic life of living as one of God's own. Seems kind of silly as to why you'd want to be in the other, doesn't it? Why why wouldn't we all? Well, actually, I hope you are. But maybe there's someone here tonight who hasn't grasped that oh, this is something that I have to make a decision about. I don't have to make a decision about whether I stay in Satan's authority realm. I don't have to make any decision at all. I just give him an opportunity and he's taken it. He's already taken that over your life. And he will be having influence in various ways. And he's doing that around the world right now as we see the mess that the world is in right now. There are people who are very, very powerful in their mind very, very powerful in physically, but spiritually you see the chains around their life as we see the horrible, 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 horrible things that are going on in individuals and those in powerful positions of business, family, and nations. There is a vast, vast difference between the two. And I want to make that really clear to you tonight that there are these two massive domains that are diametrically opposed to each other. And God has the power to force us to be part of him. But he does not exercise that and will not exercise that because he has created us in a way that we will be one to him through his love. And he leaves us this choice, this wonderful choice, 
to be part of his or not. So here's the exciting journey. Jesus Christ impacted the world like no one else has. I think most people would acknowledge that. Just look at history. And yet Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. I am going to be with the Father. Now that's the sort of empowering that Jesus wants to bring into our lives. Hmm. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater. It's an amazing, amazing statement of Jesus, isn't it? Because I'm going to be with the Father. And so they've set this up all for our benefit, totally for our benefit. It needs our response. Well, yes, we are made up of three parts. Body, which is the physical. Soul, the mind, the emotions, the knowledge center. And number three, the one that is often mm, ignored. Spirit. Our spirit. This is talking about our spirit, not the spirit of God. Our spirit is the God awareness part of us. This is what separates us from the animals. We have this God awareness. And if you look at any culture in the world for any of the eras since creation, you will see that there has been a desire of people to reach out to a God and worship a God in some way, shape, or form. In today's world, of course, we are taught in our secular environment that there is no God. And so people still have this desire to worship, even though they've been told there isn't a God. And so they, they go to other forms of worship and outwork this desire to worship through heroes, through sport, through other goals and ambitions. That desire is built into us. God's goal is for each of these three parts to work in harmony, body, soul, and spirit. When they work in harmony, then God's creative creativity and empowerment in our lives has no end. It is enormous. And this is what God wants for us. The psalmist said, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Your workmanship is marvelous. How can we deny the fantastic creativity of God and pass it off as something that came out of a big bang. Well, sadly, many don't even realize they have a spirit. It's really, really sad. Have you met people who are so devoted to the mind and to the and to the body, and yet have no time for the spirit. And people invest their time and effort into being fitter and stronger and healthier, with creating a body as if it's going to last for eternity. Or the mind, the effort that goes into developing the mind. There's nothing wrong with educating the mind and developing the mind. All these things are good, 
But when it comes to a point of imbalance, of the spirit being ignored or impoverished, we go out of balance and are not able to reach our potential that God has for us. The spirit thing. Well, the spirit is the thing that you can't see. And so it's easy for clever people to deny that it actually exists, as they do with God. See, God is a spirit. Satan is a spirit. Angels are in spirit form generally, and demons are also. And they are very much alive and very, very active. And the Bible goes into details of explaining how we fight not against one another, against people, but our greatest fight is against these spiritual powers. That's our greatest fight. And if only that could be dealt with, if people came to a knowledge and understanding of the power of God, we could dispel the influence of these evil powers to bring real peace onto the earth. Real peace and bringing the kingdom of God onto earth. Satan has a mission to control you. He wants to control you. He wants to condemn you. He'll trap you. And then when he has you fully under his control, it becomes hopeless to the person to see any alternative. But alternatively, God's got a mission to love you. He just wants to love you. He wants to create in you a person that will only reach this potential when you have these in harmony, body, soul, and spirit. Are you with me so far? Is that okay? Understand what I'm saying? Anyone want to tackle me on that at this point? I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you much in the way of scripture because I don't want this to turn into a lecture for you tonight, but there are many, many, many scriptures that I'd love to be able to share with you. But believe me, um, uh, this is my concept of how it works of the three. There's a, the three are very, very clearly marked in the scripture, but this is my concept of how they work together. This is from my experience. And don't make the mistake, yeah, okay? I don't make the mistake of trying to comp compartmentalize the three. And so they don't touch each other. They do different things. Don't make that mistake. They, need, they do all come together and work together. Thank you. Good question. What do I mean by full potential? I mean that our potential grows as we engage in education, for example, doesn't it? And it, our potential grows as we engage in physical exercise. Suddenly you can do things that you couldn't do when you were <coughs> fat and lazy. Um, <coughs> and, uh, and, and as you develop the mind, you're able to increase and go to arenas that you're not able to do without that education. The same goes for the spirit. And if our spirit is controlled by the wrong power, if our spirit is not in tune with our creator, God, then that part of us that is so important, that third part of us, is denied its potential to grow the others. Because, as I'll come to in it shortly, I believe actually that the spirit is the central control point for our lives, and it will influence our body and our mind. That's my key point I'm, I'm getting to. You beat me to it. You're very good. Thank you. The key, key point is 
Jesus said, if I can get the right one. Oh, <clears throat> gone one ahead of. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works. I've already read you that one, haven't I? And even greater works because I'm going to be with my father. Well, <clears throat> here is Harry. I want to introduce you to my mate, Harry. And uh, Harry's having some difficulties in life. And so <clears throat> he's uh, obviously, you know, he's in a bad way, so I didn't want to show you who it might be or anything like that. But there we go. He's got chains around his body. So his body is diseased, and so he feels that he just cannot achieve what he'd really like to achieve. Chains. Chains body-wise. Now, just please don't misunderstand me. If you've got a body misfunction, maybe from an accident or, or whatever, something doesn't work right, please don't hear me say that you can't achieve your potential. Could Harry still achieve his potential with his body diseased? Yeah, yes, he could. Yes, he could. And so many, many people, I mean, there's many examples of miraculous, amazing people throughout the generations who have had a, a physical issue, and yet, you know, maybe they couldn't walk, for example, and yet they achieved amazing things. Maybe even because of the injury, their focus upon their spirit gave greater development. Well, but actually, this Harry, <laughs> he's got chains around his mind. There's nothing wrong with his body, but his mind has got these chains around him that are inhibiting his thinking, his understanding, his ability to be educated well. Um, so he's got a bit of a problem as well. This Harry, he's, he's got a lovely big heart there, but he's got chains wrapped around his heart. The Bible says the heart is the spirit. So it's using different words. It's really interesting, isn't it, that the Bible uses the heart as being the spirit because we know physically the, the heart is not the spirit, but we know that the heart is sort of the control point for our existence. And, and here is Harry's spiritual heart or his spirit being chained. And those chains can come through the power of Satan, getting involved in the wrong activities, allowing Satan a foothold into his life that affects his attitudes, his behavior, and his ability to come to that potential that God wants for him. Horrible, horrible thing. You see, the spirit feeds the rest of our being. And the spirit is fed by things that come into your life through the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, but also through spiritual influences that are 
touching his spirit. And so he really wants to do the right thing, really wants to live the right way, do the right thing, be a good person in New Zealand. But because of that influence that is coming into his spirit, Satan is able to control that. And so the spirit dictates to the mind a confusion, a clash. And sooner or later, that clash will manifest itself. I did one paper for my MBA on business ethics. And I set out to prove that actually business ethics didn't really exist because it was only a charade, it was just a mask. You can have certain ethics to operate within, within your business, but actually if your heart is in opposition to those, that behavior that you're told you have to have, sooner or later your heart will betray you. Your spirit will outwork itself. It will bring things through your mind and in your behavior that will betray you. I actually got an AA plus for that one. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, you may be right, and I may be right, but the point is that when the heart is not right, when the spirit is not right, it will manifest itself sooner or later in wrong, wrong outcomes, bad outcomes, and you give a foothold for Satan to actually put stronger and stronger chains around that come with addictions, because there is this gap because of the, of the way that we are made, we are made to worship God. And with that worship comes a whole new release, as we've been doing tonight. There comes a liberty and a freedom, and our mind is released. I don't know what you're like, but what I find when I'm in worship, my mind starts to capture things of creativity, of solutions to difficult problems. And it's as, the, this, as my mind is fed from this freedom of the Spirit, that God is able to do things that he couldn't do otherwise. Is that right? Yep. We can't have an argument. Oh, good. It's, it's true, isn't it? It's, it's true. It's true. That's what happens. Yep. Well, okay. Um, where did I get to? I've gone way away from my notes, but there we go. There we go. Um, let me move on. What's the next picture? Poor Harry. Oh, gosh. He's got a smile there, but it's a bit of a grimace, really, isn't it? He's not really happy on the inside, but anyhow. Whoa. Come on. Look at this. This is the ultimate disaster. Bodies and chains. Just handicapped in whatever you do. Mind is in chains. And the heart's in chains. And so we now enter into a state of maybe depression, maybe anger and violence to break out of this. Because it's not what I want, but it's what I've got. And I can't help it. I can't help it. It was the way I was made. It was the way I was born. It was my mother's fault. It's everyone but my choices. Because your choices can take you to the next step. Jesus said... I tell you the truth, 
Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Anyone sinned here? I think we need to read this a little bit more carefully. I think Jesus is what, is, what Jesus is saying is that when you consistently stay in this habit and pattern of sin, it very quickly puts chains around you so that you become a slave of sin. But he also said, so if the Son, speaking of himself, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Well, the King James says, free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Can we say that together? He who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's free indeed. That's the freedom that breaks all of those chains, breaks them off, and that's how God wants us to be. As we give him control. He doesn't take control. We give him control. So, there is hope for every person who responds to God's love. Don't say there is no hope. Don't say you've gone too far. You've never gone too far. There is hope for everyone who responds to his love. Truly free, truly free. So, the point so far, number one, Satan takes. He takes and grabs and enchains. Controls your life, controls your heart. And Jesus, on the alternative, asks us to give. Give ourselves to him. We give ourselves to him. Give him control of our heart so that he will smash the chains. You'll be set free. And you will now be totally open to hearing God speak into your life. We must be free to hear God speaking into our life, into our heart, into our spirit, for him to be able to bring that influence to make us greater and greater in our potential, where we live, how we live. Then you will experience... Mm -hmm. well, Oh, I've got a battery going flat. Am I zero, zero, naught? Maybe I'll turn it off and on. Then you will experience God's peace. God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What, a, what an incomparable contrast between the two. And yet people are still stuck in this horrible, horrible option of being enchained. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Control your mind, you see. But letting the spirit control your mind lets you, leads you to life and peace. What a contrast. There's no contest, is it? There's no contest. <laughs> If you haven't done it already, please tonight give your heart to Jesus. And you understand what I, I'm saying when I say that. If I said that to you without explaining, you'd go, oh, give your heart. Rip your heart out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give your spirit, that God conscious part of us, to Him. 
to allow him to be able to speak into your life and bring, bring transformation. So, poor old Harry. Well, the good news is, look at that. <laughs> Harry's been transformed. He's now Jared. Whoa, the chains are broken. The heart is pulsing. Oh, um, um, by the way, he's also single, young woman. <laughs> the, the heart is... <laughs> The chains are off. He's available. <laughs> I mean, I can, that's the best illustration that I can come up with to show you what chains are like around a person's life compared to the freedom that God brings when he sets us free. Well, my question now is, does God speak to you through your mind your soul, or your heart. Now, this is where it gets a little bit, mm -hmm, don't take this as um, absolute theology. This is my understanding of the concept because I know that my spirit is in tune with God. I know that tonight many of you would have felt that yourselves in that worship time. You would have just felt you know things without being able to explain and show it, but you know when God is speaking to you. So my strong, strong understanding is that God is spirit and he deals with my spirit. It's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication. So I don't very often hear him talking at me. Maybe you've had the, that experience, but, and many people have. But in general, in general, this is the way it works. He speaks spirit-to-spirit. And I have got to hear him here, not hear him here. Because my mind has got some pretty funny agendas and I can swing all over the place, all over the place. Am I the only one like that? Mm, I thought so. Pretty bad, isn't it? But here you go. Here's the solution. When we open our heart, listen to our heart, our heart then has the right and the ability to influence our mind. Our spirit has been influenced by the Spirit of God, and so we start to hear God. You might think it's your mind because I get, I get an amazing, amazing solutions that just drop into my mind. Have they actually dropped into my mind? I think they've actually come this way from my spirit. That's how, how I think it works. That's because I know that when I'm in that place of openness before God, I get these amazing Amazing solutions. Question? No? You were just worshipping God. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Is that good? You understand that all right? Uh, <clears throat> your mind and your body will be influenced by your spirit. Can we say that? I'll just say it again and then we'll say it together. Your mind and your body will be influenced by your spirit. Can we say that together? Your mind and your heart be influenced by my spirit. Very good. If you've got that real foundational understanding, you will know that you can't live as a person that's just going to overcome everything with a bit more education or a bit more knowledge. We live in a knowledge world where knowledge seems to be king, but unfortunately knowledge sometimes it actually binds the chains even further because it tries to rule out by rational thinking that God doesn't exist. 
So we have to be careful, and I'm not telling you not to get educated, I'm an educationalist, but I'm saying that education in itself and knowledge in itself does not bring God into your life. It is a faith journey where you have to step out of your knowledge and by what you are feeling by faith. The Bible calls it faith. You're believing something that you know, but you don't actually know. Satan, um, when he has influence our lives, well, he just takes that control. He grabs it, and, uh, and the mind becomes confused as to what is right thinking. Uh, but when we communicate with God through our heart, our heart becomes a very powerful influence in shaping our mind. When our mind thinks the way God wants us to think, this influences our body. Health follows. Healthy body, soul, and spirit. So, control. Control. You're no match for powerful spiritual uh, opponents. Let me tell you that straight. You're just no match for a powerful spiritual controller. You're no match. They can take you. I'm not talking about people, remember. And so, sadly, some of the teaching that we have about human relationships today and the damage and the dangers of control actually disguises the good side of control. The control is not necessarily a dirty word at all. It's not necessarily talking about abuse or evil. Control can bring safety and security and care and, in God's case, overwhelming authority and empowerment. That's what his control brings. Let me think about aircraft controller. They're sitting with their screen and their dials and things and seeing these dots of planes driving around. And they are controlling a pilot who knows his plane inside out, back to front. And this guy sitting up, this spacey game, is controlling him, telling him where he can and cannot go. Is that control bad? It actually brings safety and security. And police do a same, similar sort of thing. They have authority to bring control, to bring safety to people. I think of Jesus, Jesus Christ, when he was on the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying. He had this mission ahead of him to go to the cross. And he knew that this was just too much. I don't know whether I can handle this, Father, he said. Look, what's plan B? Is there another way out? He was talking to his father, but in this sense, good sense, controller, he says, look, that's the way I'm feeling, but nevertheless, if this is the right way, the only way, your will be done, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, imagine if that control had not been there. That wonderful love of the Father to comfort him, give him security, 
to know that, he, that Jesus knew that he had his father's back. So there are some are very good connotations from the word control. And that's what God wants to invite us, each one of us, into. Control works hand in hand with authority. And every parent knows that. Parents have control. If you have young children, you hold control and you have the authority to do that within certain boundaries. And God, as, a, as our Father, Father God, is the, is the same way. Satan just takes control and leads people into addictions to wrap chains around them. He gives them lies and deception. And he takes away a person's ability to make the right decisions. Just don't go there. Get out of that place. Just get out of that place. Invite Jesus now. Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. I want all chains broken off my life. And I want to be the person you want me to be. There is another step after this that I haven't got time to cover tonight. But I'll just give you the little introduction to give you an idea of where this is heading. If you've got a clear understanding about the authority of God that in your life that comes by your invitation, this now sets your spirit up into a place to be able to hear God intimately and be able to operate in the spiritual gifts. You see, these spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, these supernatural environment, requires every person's spirit to be in the right place. It is not a matter of conjuring up in your mind what God wants, but when you hear in your mind and you know that it has come from your spirit, it makes you ready to go. Kathan and Jay, you've had a pretty exciting week this last week. Can I just finish with you too? Just come out here and let me ask you a couple of questions, please. It's a couple of young guys, boys high, and they've decided that, well, what did you decide? Oh, to start a healing group at school, yeah, because... Mm. Yeah. Oh. Go on. Oh, so, like, we started a prayer group, like, three at the start of term two, because... Like we went to camp and we realised that we, we should just pray for our school because we have to, like we have to, like we actually care for our school. And then, yeah. So, but you went further than that. You weren't just going to pray for the school. What did you do this week? We prayed for people for healing and they got healed. And two people gave their lives to Jesus, which was awesome. Yeah. Mate. So what made you think you could do that? Just faith. faith. Yeah, faith. Faith based upon what? My spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah. And so are you telling me that your spirit is talking with the spirit of God? Yeah. And brought real con Let me put brought what into you into your assurance. Should I ask Kate now? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what happened as you as you did that? How did you feel? Well, like, I actually had hope because I thought we couldn't do it. Like, we, don't, we couldn't pack up half a classroom. Then we got told to book the gym. 
and like our group shouldn't exist at our school, it has to be run by a teacher. I went, they said no, but then I got to speak to all year 11 like, and tell them about this healing group, and then like, I didn't even know. We, we weren't supposed to be, exist. And then we got the gym, and then now we got like, guy, um, we've never um, led people to Jesus, and we got to leave, lead two in one day, and like, see like a bolt in a guy's leg dissolve, like, we're just going, huh. <laughs> it had to be God. It just gave us hope. Yeah. Fantastic. So the word I was trying to put into your mouth is conviction. You had a real conviction that this is what you've got to do. And when you've got a conviction, what do you do? You have to do it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you've just got to do it, don't you? And so you know you're doing the right thing. You know, and you know the source of that conviction come, comes from God. And so you had confidence. But also, I believe that as you, as you took those steps, God was going ahead of you, having a little chuckle and making way in the school for it not to be opposed, and you were able to step into that great arena. So this is the beginning. Fantastic. Give them a hand. Yeah. Thank you. So when you begin working in the spirit, you understand what you've probably heard that language, in the spirit. What does that mean? Well, now, have I helped you understand what that actually means? When your spirit is really in tune, your spirit's got to be clean. You've got to need the, the blood of Jesus to cleanse you and make sure that you are in communication with him only. Then suddenly you have all of the resources of heaven on your side to bring a new dimension into your life, to step out into other arenas. God bless you. Now, maybe tonight I've, I've made it very clear that you've got to make a, a choice. Every person has to make a choice. They don't have to make a choice. I mean, if you make no choice, you just stay in Satan's domain. But you can make a choice. You can make a choice to say, no, no, that's enough's enough. I'm, I'm becoming part of God's great family. I need his peace and his love and his empowerment over my life. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to respond on that tonight because this, there is nothing like actually acknowledging your, your response to consolidate it in your own heart and your life to help you on to the next step. It's a very, very exciting journey. Exciting journey, isn't it? Can we just bow your heads for a moment? Father, I thank you that you've been saying this message better than I could say it because I sense how you are touching some people's heart right now. Father, I pray thee that you would find soft hearts not to repel you, but to accept you, to receive you, to receive that new life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. While you've got your head bowed, please, this could be the most important moment of your life. I'm going to open my eyes. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus, say, yes, I need you, Lord, in my life. I want you to just put your hand up and let me see that. Just raise your hand for a moment. Let me see. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I need you in my life. It doesn't matter whether you've done this a thousand times before or whether this is the first time it's an opportunity that you can't miss you've got to make that decision otherwise life just goes another roundabout 
another roundabout. Jesus needs you, wants you, is loving you into his kingdom. Is there anyone? Thank you very much. God bless you. Come on, let's give him a massive clap. Awesome. Thank you so much, Trevor. I hope you felt challenged by that, provoked, and uh, excited to live from this place, from our spirit. So, we're not going to finish with a song, uh, but can I encourage you to be purposed in your giving? Thank you, those who co-activate your home, and part of what we do is we, we give. So thank you, those who do. Uh, tonight we've got youth heading down to Rotatuna 